Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode 111. Greetings everyone from sunny Malawi, an East African country which is about the same size as the UK and has only one third of the population. And guess what? I finally made it home despite one of the most frustrating periods of time that I can remember in recent times. This week we're looking at how you can get out of the country to visit an African country on the UK's red list because what I have had to go through is something that we should all be aware of unless we plan to spend all of the remainder of our time waiting for the West to give us pass. Now in case you've been hiding under a rock recently You will have heard me bemoan the fact that Malawi was added to the list of red countries, a list which at the time it was launched contained 95% of black countries and now more recently has had added to it several brown countries, namely India, Pakistan and Bangladesh. And I'll just say this that when India, Pakistan and Bangladesh were added to the list, you heard the reasons that were given for doing this, whether you agree with those reasons or not. The reasons were that there is an Indian variant of the COVID virus which poses a threat to public health in the UK. But what is interesting about this whole sorry COVID mess that is being waged against non-white countries is that the reasons for singling out black and brown countries for stringent COVID measures makes absolutely no sense. Now, I'm not going to go into these reasons in much detail. And instead, if you really want to know what the concerns are about this whole mess, then I invite you to re-listen to episode 103 of the podcast where I dissect this issue to within an inch of its life. So you can pause this episode right here and come back after you've finished that episode. But all I'm going to say now is that Malawi was placed on the red list, but unlike some of the other countries with serious variants, we don't have a Malawian COVID variant that justifies putting Malawi on this red list and neither does Malawi have contact with countries that carry those variants. And that's why Malawi has sadly suffered only 1,300 deaths in a population that is a third the size of the UK. And the equivalent in the UK, the official numbers that they're releasing, is 130,000 deaths. So Malawi is a country that has been locked down for several months and this has acted to stop or limit 
then let's go and work with poor starving Africans volunteering, which is all about people moving freely in and out of the country. And those people are not Africans. Malawi put a real stop to this and tightened up its entry procedures. And this has acted to keep Malawians safe and to keep COVID levels really low. But despite this, Malawi finds itself on the UK red list and it has taken me 21 months to get out of the UK and to return to Malawi. But eventually I managed to get out and this week I'm going to talk you through what I had to go through to make sure I could get out and then get into Malawi. So the first hurdle I had to get over was the fact that both Ethiopia and Malawi are on the red list. And what that means is that there can be no direct flights from either country, either leaving from or flying into the UK. And this is what I had been told for months every time I tried to book a flight to get to Malawi. But when I looked online and read news reports, I could see images of the backpack carrying usual travellers to Africa and they didn't seem to be affected with a no-flight ban. So why was I? I kept asking myself. Why was Ethiopian Airways telling me there were no flights from the UK to either Ethiopia or Malawi? But yet I could see pictures of people, mainly from the Americas, who were flying to these two countries at will. This needs investigating, I thought. So investigate I did, because after spending 21 months in the UK, I had had enough and I wanted out. And if backpackers could get out, then I was going to get out. And what I found was that Ethiopian Airways, that wonderful airline, was prepared to try and find a way around the restrictions so people could still fly home to red list African countries. Well, because with testing, people are still allowed to fly to their home countries. So what's happening is that Ethiopia Airlines is flying from the UK to a green list country first. Then they're refueling the plane so that the length of the stopover counts as the plane arriving at a new destination. And then once the plane is refueled and new passengers board the flight, the flight then goes from the new destination to Addis Ababa, which is the capital of Ethiopia, as if that is the first destination. Genius, but nothing new because this is how all these travellers have been getting around the restrictions from time. Others have been flying directly to greenlist countries and are then picking up flights to African countries from those greenlist countries. And in my case, I saw lots of Americans doing this. In my case, my flight started off in Manchester and then I flew to Brussels in Belgium 
with the real flight to Addis Ababa starting from Brussels, which does not have a restriction on flights flying to Ethiopia. So what's wrong with the UK and its blacklisting of certain African countries? Because in effect, that's what this is. It's a blacklist. So if you're someone who wants to fly to a red list country, the first thing you need to do is to see if your airline of choice is flying firstly to a non-red list country and then refueling in that country and then start there. So I managed to get a flight, but there were still additional hurdles that I had to cross. And I'm going to take you through those now. So the next hurdle I had to cross was the need to justify why I wanted to leave the UK. And I had to do this by filling in a form called Coronavirus COVID-19 Declaration Form for International Travel from England during stay-at-home restrictions. What a mouthful, but that's the name of the form. And get this, my reason for travelling out of the UK had to fall within one of the legally permitted government reasons, of which there are five. Otherwise, I would not have been able to leave the country. In effect, I was under country arrest. So the five areas are work, volunteering, education, medical or compassionate grounds, weddings, funerals and related events. There was also a box for other reasons and this is where I fit in because I have a residence permit for Malawi and that gives me the right to return home. Now, I could have fit into three of the other areas since I'm linked to Malawi for work. I also run a charity in Malawi and there is also a family wedding in Malawi in several weeks time. But I decided to go for the area that gave me the least amount of paperwork to do once in Malawi because each of the five government permitted reasons draw a type of visa that is required to enter Malawi and you have to get that visa in the UK and then that visa needs to be renewed once you get to Malawi over shorter periods of time than if you were visiting Malawi under non-COVID conditions. So, for example, instead of having to renew your visa once every three months, you now have to renew your visa monthly. And I didn't want that. So I chose to leave the UK because I had a residence permit for Malawi. So residence permit it was. And with this permitted reason, once I've entered Malawi, that's it. I don't need to go through any renewal processes. Now, this declaration form comes as a PDF online. You go onto the government website, you put in that title. Remember that title? Coronavirus COVID-19 Declaration Form for International Travel from England during stay-at-home restrictions. And although the form is supposed to be for stay-at-home restrictions, it's really a form that polices your travel to red list countries. So you will need to complete that form and print it off 
and put the form next to your passport because you'll need to bring the completed form to the airport for checking to make sure you're eligible to leave the country. The PDF allows you to type in your answers online and then you print out the form with your answers in it. One palaver, but nevertheless, you have to do it or you may not be permitted to leave the country. The next hurdle to cross was the need to get a COVID test to leave the country. Now, this can be a real headache because you have to find a test centre to be able to get your test, which is easy enough. The tests are not free and can cost upwards of £120 per test. But because there is financial capital to make out of providing COVID tests, new test centres are springing up every day around the country. So getting a test is not that difficult. But the real difficulty comes in deciding when to schedule your test so that you, A, get your COVID test results back in time to travel because all COVID tests need to be taken at least 72 hours before you travel. But more importantly, B, you need to be sure that you will get your results back in time for your COVID test results to still be valid, meaning not more than 72 hours old when you reach your country of destination and also leaving time for you to clear immigration in that country of destination. Now, that right there is a minefield because if you take your test too early, your results will expire before you get to your final destination. But if you take your test too late, i.e. too close to the time when you're intending to travel, you run the risk of not getting your COVID test back in time for you to print off the results and carry the paper copy of your test results with you to the airport. You really have to spend time working out the absolute best time to take that test. And it's deliberately made difficult because 72 hours when you're flying to an African country where you will leave on one day and arrive the next day is no joke. And you're more than likely going to have what happened at Heathrow when the red list first came in with lots of Africans from Nigeria and a couple of other African countries being denied entry into the UK because their COVID test results were out of time. I ended up taking my test two days before I was due to travel and I was lucky enough to get my test results back the same day via email with the timestamp on the email being 9.18pm. Now, the time you take your test is important because your 72-hour clock for your test results to remain valid starts running from the time you take your test and the time runs forward and the time you take your test is written on your test results. Your next step when you receive your test results is to print them off to add to your other documents that you need to take with you to the airport. Because without my test results, as I've said, I would not have been able to leave the country and I would have had to take another test 
at the airport, which can cost significantly more than taking a COVID test in my local area. So this is why it's important to work all of this out and take your test at the right time. Once you've got all your paperwork, that's your COVID test and your reasons for leaving the country, it's a good idea to print out all of your documents well in advance and keep them together with your passport and other travel documents. Now, as if I didn't have enough to worry about, when I got my test results back, lo and behold, there was an error on my test where I found that the time recorded as the time I took my test was out by two and a half hours, which is really important. I was not due to arrive in Malawi until 2.20pm on a Friday, which was 71 hours and 50 minutes after I had taken my test. And in effect, the error meant that with the wrong time on my COVID test results, my test would technically be invalid when I arrived in Malawi because the missing two and a half hours from my test would mean that my results would have run out before I even set foot into the country. So then I had another job on my hands to contact the test provider and ask them to amend my test results so that the results contain the right information. Luckily, I spotted the error in time and I was able to do this. But the moral of the story is that there is so much money being made from providing COVID tests at a minimum of £120 per test that there is clearly a level of carelessness that accompanies the speed with which the tests are being turned around to maximise profits. So when you receive your test results, you need to immediately scrutinise your paperwork to make sure everything is correct. And if not, you need to get onto the test centre as soon as possible to make sure you get your amended results in time for you to travel. Now, of course, if you're arriving at your destination the same day as you're traveling, then you're likely to be okay. But point to note, as I've said, is that a lot of flights to African countries can see you arriving the next day. So you'll need to be sure that your COVID test results are valid for you to be able to gain entry into your final country destination. Once I'd got the changes to my test results, my results were still valid when I eventually reached Malawi, which was a full day and a half's travel with me eventually getting to Malawi at 2.20 and my test results running out at 2.30pm that same afternoon. When I got to Malawi, my test results were scrutinised to within an inch of the life of the paper before I was allowed into the country. So you can imagine how relieved I was that I found that mistake before I travelled, as without the changes, I could have found myself having to take another COVID test at Malawi airport and I would then have had to wait in the airport for the results. And only if the results were negative would I have been given clearance to enter the country. A process 
which people are saying can take anything from a couple of hours to 12 hours. So it's really important to check and double check your arrangements and your results for your COVID test. So I'm now back in Malawi and after arriving, I find life pretty much as I left it 21 months ago. People are going about their normal business and with COVID being tightly managed in the city, in the local villages where I live, life goes on the same as it did before. Largely because people in the villages rarely mix with city people and it's in the cities where COVID is more present. So I've been able to slip back into my Malawian life without any disruption at all. It's great and I've got 27 degrees of winter sun because it's winter in Malawi. 27 degrees to pat me on my back with a warm welcome. And like I said, it's great and all of that drama was well worth the effort. So as I'm going to be here for a while, I'll be bringing you lots of interesting information about life in Malawi. And in between that information, I'll still be encouraging you to use side hustling as a way of leveraging your finances so you can make plans to live your best life doing what you want in a hot country of your dreams if that's what you want to do. We can never stop trying to make things happen with the skills, knowledge, experience, hobbies and interests that we have because that is our ticket out. So until next week, don't give up the faith that you can do this and whatever obstacles governments and people try to put in your way, find a way to go through them or around them on your route to your best life. Why? Because you owe it to yourself to try. Now, on a final note, you'll notice that the quality of the recording is slightly different than when these episodes are recorded in the UK. And that's because in the villages, I'm recording at altitude, which is really high up in the mountains where the air is thinner. I do hope it doesn't spoil your enjoyment. And as the weeks go on, I'll try to see if we can do some mixing with the equipment to try to improve the audio quality. A grave injustice is being done to the African continent and African people being prevented from returning to their African countries is another injustice. And talking about it is the best ways to expose the lies to the truth. So let's keep talking. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asher and for this week I'm out.